but we're going to talk a little bit this morning about keeping your word and delivering on what you promise. Um, there's a verse that I just came across that kind of touched me because for years, you know, I kind of grew up where, you know, people would say one thing and then in the next breath it would be something else or, you know, yes, we'll, you know, what yes, and then in the same hour it would be no, you know, it's just like this double-mindedness all the time. And uh, what that tends to do is that tends to create instability in people, a lack of confidence in the person, and not only the person, but really in God. You know, when you grow up like that, you know, folks making you promises and then they don't keep them and they don't deliver on what they promise, it just creates a lack of confidence in what they say. You know, one minute, oh, you know, God, you know, God is leading me to do this. And then the next minute, well, God didn't mean it like that. Or, oh, you know, we're going to do this for you. And then the next minute, well, no, we we can't. We're not we're not going to do it for you. You know, well, I didn't mean it like that. You know what that does? It just creates a lack of confidence. It creates distrust. You know, distrust means is and that distrust is, is that I can't trust what you say. I can't put confidence in what you say. I can't, when you speak, I can't be confident that what you're saying is true or that you're going to deliver on what you promise. And, you know, when you have people who you, who are influential in your life, uh, who are like that, especially parents who have that kind of yes and no attitude, uh, that transfers over to God, meaning how we treat his word. You know, there's a lack of confidence in the word of God, a lack of confidence that what God says is absolutely final. You see, it's like, you know, one minute, well, maybe God might change his mind. Maybe God might, you know, he says, I'm going to help you. But then I don't know, maybe he won't help me. Maybe he might change his mind. But God is not like that. You know, he's not like that. And I have to deal with that in my own life. Because uh, a lot of that instability came, you know, a lot of that instability, it was in me, you know, uh, and I still deal with that, you know, you know, God tells me to do something and then I'll be worried, you know, he says, I'm going to help you, but I'll be worried he won't because again, when you have years of experience with that, yes and no, um, I will, I won't, you know, double mindedness, you, you tend to not just not have confidence. Uh, but this scripture that I just read this morning kind of changed that is, uh, kind of hit me in numbers in 23 and verse 19, uh, with Balaam and the story of Balaam and Balak, Balak is called Balaam to curse the children of Israel for him. And he promises to give him money because he knows that the children of Israel are going to conquer the whole land. They're going to take over the whole land and he's, and he's going to be one of the peoples that are going to be conquered. And so he summons Balak to come. He's a, Balak is a diviner. But interestingly enough, the Bible describes him as a prophet, and he is, because God speaks to him. And uh, <clears throat> he says, come and curse these people for me. But Balak says, I'm not going to do anything but say what the Lord says. Now, later on, we find out, uh, you know, because the whole drama is from Numbers 21 through 30. Later on, we find out that Balak did not obey that command. He did go beyond what the Lord told him to tell Balak and told the, told, uh, the king how to set Israel up 
and uh, to curse themselves. And, uh, you know, in the end, he, Balaam is actually killed. But there's a beautiful verse in Numbers in chapter 23 and verse 19. He says, God is not a man. God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? And so, in other words, God is a God who keeps his word. He does not lie. He does not change his mind. Uh, not on a whim anyway, not arbitrarily. Oh, I don't feel like doing it now. Or, or I know I promise you this, but I'm not going to do it. No, God delivers on his word. Now, there are times in the scriptures where God does change his mind. For example, in, this, in, in, in the book of Jonah, remember how the people of Nineveh repent, uh, repented of their sins and God did not bring on them the judgment that he said he was going to bring. Repentance tends to change God's mind about things. You look at that with Ahab. Uh, God, <clears throat> God was going to destroy Ahab. You know, he was going to destroy him and bring disaster on his kingdom. Ahab walked around, and he was the most wicked king ever in Israel's history. But he humbled himself, and he repented. And God said, I'm not going to bring on you the disaster that I promised. I'm going to bring it in your, son, in your, in your son's time. And so God does change his mind when we repent of our sins um, and sincerely repent. That's when we see God change his mind. But when God promises something um, that, you know, when God promises something and it's not related to a judgment because of a sin or, you know, it's just it's a it's a promise that's not related to that. God never changes his mind about it. Like if you look at the story of Sarah and Abraham, God said this time next year, Sarah will have a son. And that's exactly what happened. God said they'll be oppressed in a land. The children of Israel will be oppressed in a land that's not theirs. It happened exactly as God said. All the promises of God come to pass in their proper time. And so God is not a God who says yes and no like people do. Creating distrust, creating a lack of confidence, creating insecurity even. You see, God is not like that. He is a God who keeps his word. And so when we look at, um, there's a beautiful verse in 2 Corinthians in chapter 1. 2 Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. The Lord says... Second uh -oh. Corinthians chapter one verse twenty. That's a big old Bible. All right. He says, uh, and Paul was saying this beginning of verse fifteen. He says, because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might expect that you might have a second experience of grace. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Vacillating means going back and forth. Was I going back and forth with you when I wanted to do this? See, God, not, not near the, uh, God's apostles didn't say yes and no either. They weren't double-minded about it either. He says, do I, make, uh, do I make plans according to the flesh? 
ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time. So when people say yes to a thing, you ask them to do something for you, and at one moment they say yes, and then the, you ask them five minutes later to be sure the next minute they say no, then what are they doing? They're making plans according to the flesh, the self-will. They're not being led by the Spirit. Because in the Spirit, when the Spirit of God is leading you, you don't say yes and no in the same breath. You don't do it. When you, you say either yes or no, you be, you be a man about it. You don't be a, you don't be a coward. You say yes or no. Um, you know, you... You either say yes or no. <clears throat> you say yes to a thing or no to a thing. And if you're being led by the if you're being led by the Spirit of God, you you say yes. You be a man and say yes. Or if you can't do it, you and you and the Holy Spirit's leading you say no. You be a man or you be a woman. And you say no. You know some people say yes to things that they know that they can't do because they're just scared of what the other person's reaction is going to be. They don't want to. They don't want to offend them. They don't want to hurt their feelings. They don't want to do the. You know. They don't want the person to be disappointed in them or not like them anymore. So they'll say yes to something, knowing that they can't do it, knowing that they can't deliver it. And then when the time comes for them to deliver, it doesn't happen. And then the person who they made the promise to, their feelings are hurt. They feel distrust. They feel upset and angry. Because what? That person who made the promise didn't deliver on their promise. They made a promise according to what? The flesh. According to the self-will. And so this is, what, this is what Paul is saying. We don't do that. If we can do something, if God is leading us to do something, we say yes. If God is not leading us to do something, we tell that person, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. You see, and then and then, you know, and that way the person at least has a clear understanding, a clear understanding of what you can and can't do, what you are and what you are not willing to do. You see, I mean, I've, I've, be, I've come to be a big believer in that because people are dependent upon you to keep your word. When you deliver, when you say, I will do this, people are expecting you to do it. They're, they're putting their confidence in you that you would do it. And when you don't do it, what happens? They lose confidence in you. They learn not to trust what you say because you go back and forth. You vacillate. And the Bible says about a person who uh, vacillates, he says that um, in the book of James, James in chapter... What is that? James chapter... One, James chapter one and verse five, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And that's exactly what the yes and no in the same breath does. It creates instability. And, you know, if you're, if you're under parents who are like that, you become mentally unstable because you don't know what you can trust and what you can't trust. If you, and then you take that attitude to God. You go to God, you go and say, Lord, I really need this to happen. I really need this in my life. Can you please change my life? But then you don't have faith that God can do it. What happens? You're unstable in your relationship with God. 
You see what I'm saying? So this is what God is saying. We we don't need to be doing. We don't need to be saying yes and no in the same breath. We either need to say yes. We need to either say no. We by the spirit. Yes, by the spirit. No, by the spirit. We when we need to either approach God in faith or don't approach it at all. We need to approach God with faith, believing what his word says, trusting that he's going to deliver on his promises. So he says he is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be unstable in all that we do. Last verse. um, The Bible says in. There's, a, there's one more verse I want to read in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. Is this the last verse we're going to cover? Proverbs chapter 12, 13 verse 12. He says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. You see, when... When, when somebody's hope is deferred, that means when somebody promises you something and then they don't deliver it, it makes your heart sick towards them. Your heart is not only you're sad, you're full of regret, you're unhappy, you're, you're, you, know, there's, you can get upset. But not only does that happen, but your heart becomes sick towards that person. All of a sudden, you know, you, yeah, they, don't have, they don't have time to talk to you. All of a sudden, the conversations get clipped. You know, you, the phone calls stop. You know, when, when you see them in church or you see them around, they don't have, they seem not to be able to talk to you. Why? Because their heart is sick with you because you promised something and you didn't deliver. You know, but then when you do deliver, he says, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So when you do deliver on what you promise, it gives life to the person. Just like when God delivers on what he promises, when God does what he says he's going to do. What happens? It gives us life. It's life for us. And God is not one who lies and he's not one who changes his mind. So we have to be very, very careful what we say and what we do. And if we're not sure that we can do something, we need to just be honest and say, I'm not sure if I can do that. Oh, but we really need you to do it. Well, I'm not sure if I can do that. I'm going to need time. I'm not promising nothing. You see, just being 100% honest. Austin, can you make it to this meeting? Can you come? Can you do this for us? No, I don't have the resources at this time to do that thing for you. Austin, can you um, come and do another thing? Yes, I can do that for you. You know, yes, I can. Just being completely honest about it and being led by the spirit at the same time. So I just, you know, I just have to do that because like I said, I, I grew up. I grew up like that, you know, yes, yes, one minute, no, the next. Yes, we can do it. No, we can't do it the next, you know, and it was always just this insecurity in me, like, is it yes or is it no? You know what I'm saying? I mean, because here it is, the event is coming. Are we going to do it? Are we not going to do it? You know, so it just creates insecurity in us when we go back and forth between yes and no with a person, you know, so that's why I always want to be careful with what I say. Can I deliver on what I promise? And I try by God's grace to deliver on what is. I'm not perfect by no stretch, but I do try to deliver on what I promise. If I say something, I do try to deliver, you know, or don't promise at all. 
You know what I mean? So we just have to be very, very careful with that because, and I saw that even when I was in the, uh, in the nursing, in the uh, mental health facility, you know, these kids would be making, um, these kids, these kids, these kids would be, you know, ter- um, these kids would be t- asking me, you know, hey, Mrs. Scott, are you going to bring in this game or that game? And uh, I would say yes. And then I would do it. And they were like, man, you're a man of your word. You're a man of your word. I said, well, man, pr- praise God. I mean, I really do try. Because, but because those kids, they're looking for you to do it. People are looking for you to do it. When you say you're going to do something, people are looking for you to do it. They depend on you. People are depending on you to do it. You say you're going to do something, people are depending on you. They're looking to you. They're expecting you. Oh, they, they put hope in you. And when you don't do it, when you don't deliver, what does that do? That crushes their dream, crushes their trust, crushes their hope. You know, I mean, and that's why they're so angry and folks so get so bitter and so upset and so hurt and frustrated. It's because you said you were going to do something. I put my hope in that and you're not doing it. And then you don't care. You know, and that's how people act. Well, I just I just couldn't do it. So, oh, well, I mean, but you're not thinking about what that did to that person. You because you said yes and you didn't deliver. It would be better for you just to say no and be honest. That way that person wouldn't have their hope crushed. I mean, that just be like us in here. I say, I'm going to do this for you and then don't do it. I'm going to get you a house. And then don't work to do it. Or I'm going to get this for you. And then I don't do it. What does that do? That means that makes you not trust me. So when I do say, okay, I'm going to do a thing. Oh, well, whatever. You know, you know how he is. He always says one thing and I, I don't put no, I don't put any trust in that. You know how people do. Somebody said, you promise something, you promise something. You keep not, you keep not fulfilling your promises. And, every, and everything else you say, people will not take it seriously at all. In your home, period. Home or otherwise. Home, work, friends, either way, it doesn't matter. Either way, anywhere, any person who you deal with, you make promises and you don't keep them. People learn not to listen to you or trust what you say anymore. And we don't want to be like that. We want to be like God. We want to be like our Lord Yeshua, that when he makes a promise, you can bank on it. You can, you can take it to the bank. You can trust it. You know, and we and people and I'll say this and quit. There's a lot that's got to be undone. You know, there's a lot that's got to be undone because for years and years we've we've dealt with people who've been influential in our lives who have been like that. Yes and no in the same breath. Yes and no in the same breath, making promises, not keeping the promises and then not caring about what it did to you. And it's like, well, Lord, you've got to repair me. You've got to you've got to fix that. You've got to fix that in my life. It's not my fault that. People are making promises and not keeping them. I mean, that, that insecurity that comes, we've got to, we need repair. We need to be repaired of that. God's got to fix us to where we can put our trust wholly in him and see his promises as guaranteed. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We pray that we would trust in you with all our heart, with all our soul, to know that your word is true and sure to know that your word is, is trustworthy, to know that you never lie, you never fail. Help us to not, help us to not be double-minded, Father, to say yes in one minute and no the next. Well, I'm going to do it one minute. I'm not going to do it the next. Help us to be like 
as firm as a rock, Father. Yes, by your Holy Spirit. No, by your Holy Spirit. Help us to do your will, Lord God. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen.